Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's a Tuesday morning. You've got Jill Welke here on Wax 104.5. And it's a Tuesday, and I'm back to being a college student. I'm what you call one of those super seniors. I've got uh, two classes left, six credits, and I'll graduate in May. So I'll be able to wear the cap and gown just like, uh, <laughs> I guess, the rest of my kids, or just like my kids. And speaking of my kids, it's my son Kevin's birthday today. So if you see Kevin out and about, Kevin Welke, wish him a happy birthday. Well, we better get back to what we're supposed to be doing here. And we're going to be talking about uh, trade agreements. We're going to be talking about co-op predictions from Argentina. And we're going to talk about cattle going into feedlots and talk about those numbers. We're also going to be hearing from Marjorie Payne from the Farming for the Future Foundation. They have a new food and farm exploration center in Plover, Wisconsin. Sounds kind of interesting. Charity caught up with her, and we'll find out more a little later in the show. We've got a lot of chores to do today, so we'll just be pushing through them. But before we get to that, let's take a look at our weather. Right now here in Eau Claire, we're at 25 and partly cloudy. And today we're supposed to just inch up to 29 with flurries possible. Tonight, 23. Tomorrow, 28 with a chance of snow. Tomorrow night, 18. Thursday, 23 and partial sun. Friday, 30 with snow likely. And then the temperatures kind of drop out. Saturday, a high of 12. Sunday, a high of 5. And Monday, a high of 4. So we'll have to be battening down our hats and put on our bigger gloves and mittens. I know I will have to. I do not like cold hands when I go out and do my chores. And uh, we'll have to make sure those kiddos are bundled up if they're going to be playing outside this weekend. We've got a lot of markets to do. We've got a lot of chores to do this morning. We're at uh, about oh four minutes before 5 o'clock. But let's get working on some chores before we get heading into the markets and um, other projects I have. And actually, I had the opportunity to talk to the 75th Alice in Dairyland, Taylor Schaefer. She came into the studio yesterday. And I'm going to throw a little clip. She talked about ginseng and the importance it is in the China New Year. But before we get to all that stuff, let's get some chores done. Now we're at 5 o'clock, almost a minute after, and it's time to head over and hear some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Police say they believe the suspect accused of killing seven people at two different locations in California acted alone. The related shootings happened Monday in Half Moon Bay, just south of San Francisco. Authorities say the elderly suspect turned himself in and is cooperating. This follows a weekend shooting where a suspect shot and killed 11 people in Monterey Park in Southern California before killing himself the next day. 
President Biden will continue delivering for the American people despite scrutiny over his handling of classified documents from his time as vice president and senator. And he was very clear with the response of what we're currently seeing. And he says, I take this very seriously. He said, I didn't know uh, that the documents were there. That's according to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who referred to reporters' questions on the matter to the White House Counsel's Office and the Department of Justice. More classified materials were found at Biden's Washington, Delaware home during a search on Friday. That marks the fourth time officials found classified documents at Biden's old office or residence. All four Oath Keeper defendants have been found guilty of seditious conspiracy in the Capitol riot. Brian Shook reports. Prosecutors said Roberto Minuta, Joseph Hackett, David Morshell, and Edward Vallejo used a perverted version of American history to justify their actions on that day in 2021. The maximum sentence for the rarely used Civil War era statute is 20 years in federal prison. Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes was also found guilty of seditious conspiracy last year. I'm Brian Shook. And more tech layoffs are in the works as Intel reportedly plans to lay off 544 employees in California. The layoffs include 176 employees at its Folsom location and 200 at its Mission Campus in Santa Clara. Intel says the layoffs are part of a right-sizing to cut $3 billion in 2023 and as much as $10 billion by 2025. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's temperature time for this morning here on Wax 104.5. Here in Eau Claire, we're at 25 and partly cloudy. Medford Rice Lake, 24. Wausau, 27 and cloudy. Green Bay, 26, cloudy. Marshfield, 28. La Crosse, 30. Madison, 28 and cloudy. And Milwaukee, 27 and cloudy. And for today... Flurries possible and a high of 29, so we're not going to see a lot of movement. And tonight, 23, tomorrow, 28, chance of snow, and then tomorrow night, 18. And that's a little look at our weather, and we're going to be doing markets next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's market time, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. Let's get started with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 147 to 163 and a half with mixed at 116 to 146 and a half. Choice fed beef heifers are 146 and a half to 155 with mixed at 97 to 145. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 144 with select and silage fed steers 97 to 129 and a half. Cows are 65 to 102. Bulls are 85 to 101. Butcher hogs are 40 to 71. Sows are 36 to 41 and a half. Boars are 20 to 32. Shorn market lambs are 132 to 137. Feeder lambs are 150 to 250. Ewes are 65 to 90. Small goats are 22 and a half to $190. Medium goats are 105 to $225. Large goats are 170 to $340. And nanny goats are 40 to $240. Let's slide on over to our futures markets and our live cattle. Those markets are look to be heading upward for February 157.47 and a half up 85 cents. April 160.55 up 62 and a half cents. And June 157.30 up 72 and a half cents. And our feeder cattle futures for January 179.17 and a half up a dollar 25. March 183.27 and a half up 
$2.30. April, 187.92.5, up $2.15. And May, 192.95, up $1.90. And our lean hog carcasses for February, 77.57.5, down a quarter. April, 85.45, down 27.5. May, 97.40, down 40 cents. And June, 102. 35 down 17 and a half cents. And as you hear that market is heading downward. Let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Our corn markets, they're up and down a little bit. So they're kind of mixed markets going forward. So March, we're sitting at 668 up two cents for our March oats, 370 down a calf. March soybeans, 1492 up two cents. Soybean meal for March. $466 a ton, up $4.90. And wheat, $8.22, up $0.03 cents for March. And our dairy markets, barrel cheese, they're headed upward. They went up by $0.09 cents to $1.67. And our 40-pound blocks are $1.99. They're up $0.15.5. They made a huge jump. And our gray AA butter, two twenty-eight and a quarter down $0.04. Cents. And our Class 3 milk futures for January, 1948, down a penny. February, up a whopping 43 cents to 1867. March, 1828, up 29 cents. April, 1858, up 26 cents. And May, 1885, up 21 cents. And after some flexing going up, that market seems to be heading downward through the, after the middle of the year. So we better get through some more chores, and then we're going to hear from the 75th Allison Dairyland, Taylor Schaefer. I'm in the presence of royalty, Taylor Schaefer. 75th Allison Dairyland took the time out to stop by the studio. Now, she's been awfully busy lately, but we just had a little bit of discussion about Wisconsin products being important in the Chinese New Year. So what's going on? Well, the Chinese New Year was officially celebrated on January 22nd. And this is really a great time for individuals to gather with their family. Of course, celebrate with good food and make those resolutions for the new year, too. So what is one thing that is really important to those celebrations? Wisconsin ginseng. We actually produce about 98% of all of the ginseng that's grown here in the entire country, with about 85% of that exported to Asian countries. So really, it's a product that's recognized all over the world and certainly used in many celebrations during the year. Well, that's interesting information, something special from Wisconsin. And that's Taylor Schaefer, our 75th Alice in Dairyland. And I'm Joe Welke. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we have time here at quarter after five to sneak in some farm news. On January 15, 2020, the U.S. and China signed the Phase 1 Agriculture Trade Agreement, which expired at the end of 2021. But in 2022, Chinese purchases of agriculture products grew more than they did during the agreement. In the first 11 months of 2022, China imported $33.7 billion worth of U.S. agriculture products, an increase of 15% compared to the same time in 2021, according to USDA economist Bart Kenner. 
Specifically, U.S. soybean exports increased by 25% to 14.8 billion bushels. Sorghum exports increased by 16%, and beef and veal exports grew 38%. China also purchased $4.8 billion worth of U.S. corn to feed a growing herd of animals following the herd reduction related to swine fever. The largest U.S. agriculture product to grow in the Chinese market was U.S. cotton, with an increase of 137%. USDA lowers corn and soybean crop predictions for Argentina. The country is suffering from the worst drought in three decades. Even though it's early in the growing season in Argentina, the USDA is lowering their crop production forecast by 3 million metric tons to 52 million metric tons. Soybean production prediction is being lowered by 4 million metric tons to 45.5 million metric tons. Even with the expected lower production, Argentina's corn crop is expected to be 5% above last year's amount. But the soybean crop is predicted to be 13% smaller than last year. Well, we better get some more of those chores done. And then we're going to be heading to Plover talking to Mallory Mallory Payne. She is the marketing marketing communications manager for Farming for the Future Foundation. It's a new food and farm exploration center, and it's an education center out of Plover, Wisconsin. Our charity from Madison caught up with her, so we'll be hearing from her shortly. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We just got a little early taste of Charity Seebecker, but let's roll on over and get the whole thing now. There's a new education center in the works for Wisconsin that will help educate the community about agriculture from seed to table. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Mallory Payne, the marketing and communications manager, for the Farming for the Future Foundation, says that the new Food and Farm Exploration Center in Plover, Wisconsin, will help consumers better understand where their food comes from. We broke ground back in April, and we have been making great progress as far as getting the building constructed. Um, We are already installing drywall on both the first and second floors of the center, and so construction is moving along really, really quickly, and we will be opening the center next August, August 2023. So a lot of progress has been made so far. Still some progress to come and quite a bit of things to finalize and still continue working on over the next few months. But construction is going really well so far. Can you talk about the partnerships that are making this possible? I know your website says Cultivating Connections campaign. Can you also touch on what that is? Yeah, so our Cultivating Connections campaign is just our capital campaign to get the building constructed and be able to open next August as planned. And so we've been embarking on a giving journey since March of 2020 and have raised more than $25 million so far of our $38 million goal and have just a little the left to raise to hit that building goal. What other partnerships have you worked with to make this possible? Yeah, we have a, a lot of great partners that have 
joined us on this journey. Uh, we have a lot of great partners from industry to small farm to individuals. It's just a really great kind of mix of people who are on board so far and who we're working with to continue meeting our goals as well. Once this education center is up and running, what all will it have? How will it work? Can you take me through that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a combination of a couple of things. So first and kind of foremost is our will be our exhibit centers and that um, will be broken into two kind of categories. So our ag stem gallery will be for our older, um, like, kind of fourth grade range and up to adults. And then we've got our stop gallery, which is for our little learners. And everything that is in both of those exhibit spaces is going to be kind of the same information, just the Sprouts is on a very much playful, consumable level for those little learners. And then the Agstem Gallery is a little bit more in-depth, but also on a very hands-on level. So when you come to the center, we want you to get your hands dirty. We want you to kind of jump in and really play around. We've got some really cool exhibits that we're excited to kind of showcase as we get closer to opening. Kind of a, a preview of a little bit of those. We're going to touch on everything from seed to table. And unfortunately, there's been a little bit of gap in where, you know, the kind of farm-to-table movement has taken us in that it doesn't always cover everything that actually goes on from seed to table. And so what we're really doing is stepping in to kind of fill that gap. And we'll be covering the processing side, distribution side. We'll be covering truly everything from the moment it goes in the ground to the moment it's harvested to everything that happens after that between harvest and actually getting it to a person's table. So that is kind of one aspect of the center. And then we'll also have, uh, which is probably my favorite part, is outside we'll have four one-acre pivot plots. And those will be actually production fields. And so in the spring, we'll get to showcase planting. Through the growing season, we'll get to show what is happening, how plants are growing, what kind of applications are provided during the growing season to keep plants healthy. And then we'll also be able to showcase harvest in the fall. And just a lot of really awesome kind of programmatical things that happen between planting and harvesting as well. So those are our two spaces. In addition to those, we'll also have a really nice event center that'll be kind of the upstairs part. We'll feature a Cafe where the public is welcome to come and kind of hang out. We're hoping it's a space that people can really use for whatever they want to use it for. So whether that's, you know, working remotely or working through or just having a conversation with a friend in the cafe, whatever that kind of looks like. So really the center is going to be a lot for a lot of people, but it's kind of also a place that will be what you want to make it. So it, it can be a lot of things for you or it can be one thing for you, if that makes sense. Once it's open, are some days designated for all general public and other days designated for more like school tours? Or is it always just open and come and go? Or how does that work? And then also with that, is there any chance for maybe hands-on learning for that farmer to come out or a new startup person or something to learn something about farming, like you mentioned in planting or harvesting time for some of those demonstrations? We are still working on what our kind of schedule is going to look like. We're not quite there to have that nailed down yet. We are still working on what that'll look like, whether it's, you know, dedicated days to field trips or um, if it's open all the time or or really what that's going to look like. We want to be accessible to everyone in whatever capacity we can be. And so that is definitely a priority for us, but we just are not quite there yet. On the second part of that question, will we be a place for lifelong learners, new people getting in the industry? Absolutely, without a shadow of doubt. We want to be really the premier resource for people to come and get that information that they can't get a lot of other places. And whether that's someone who's wanting to go into the industry but has no idea how to start, or whether that's a seasoned professional who's been in the industry for years, technology is changing 
constantly and evolving all the time. And so we really want to be a place that's showcasing the future of farming and what all is coming kind of down the pipe. And so absolutely, yes, anyone who comes to the center is going to be able to have their needs met and kind of essentially see themselves in agriculture in a way that connects with them and resonates with with what they're trying to take away from it as well. How was this idea started and why to create this education center? What trends really caused this need? Yeah, so this is probably my favorite story to tell, and it really speaks to the heart and mission of what we're doing. So one of our founders is a pretty large potato farmer in central Wisconsin, and they were doing kind of fourth grade field trips at the farm. And part of that field trip was a scavenger hunt. So to identify where carrots were growing or where potatoes would be growing. And kids were looking up in the trees for carrots and at bushes. And, you know, as an adult, you you kind of sit back and think, wow, how do they not know carrots from the, come from the ground? But truly, kids are so far removed from, you know, being able to go to a farm. Today, kids are six generations removed from having that personal connection to a farm. And so it it just kind of makes sense for them to not know, right? And so seeing that, kind of going through those field trips over and over again, our founders wanted to become part of the solution and not helping continue the problem, if that makes sense. And so really working to address the gap and where kids and, and people in general just don't know and don't have that connection to where their food comes from and really help to just give them a space to ask the questions that they may not have anywhere else to ask. Additionally, we know in the industry that we have to feed millions of people by 2050. And without a workforce, we just simply will not be able to do that. Less than 2% of our U.S. population works in agriculture. And that number has to change. It has to grow. We have to get more people involved in the industry. And to do that, people, kids especially, need to be exposed to that and shown there's a space in agriculture no matter what career you want to go into. If you want to develop apps, there's a place in in agriculture for you. If you want to work in marketing and communications, there's a place for you. If you want to work in any sort of career field, there's a place in agriculture for you. And to showcase that early on and help to kind of shift that workforce percentage of people working in the in the industry is a primary focus for us and something that we're really dedicated to helping to address. So there's also in Wisconsin is the Farm Discovery Center. And some of the things you described kind of remind me of that. So can you maybe talk a little bit about the need for another one or how this is going to differentiate from that one or that type of a thing, just so people know that there is more than one option out there and why? Yeah, absolutely. So Farm Discovery is dairy focused and we are not competition with them. We're working to kind of coincide along each other and cover the other side of the plate. So we're specifically covering row crops, vegetables for human consumption. And so completely different side of the industry, very similar missions, if that makes sense. So we're, we're working together to tell the full story and not step on each other's toes either. Our I always like hearing that they're telling the ag story and telling the farmer's story because I think that's so important that we keep talking and talk about our successes, talk about our failures, talk about what we've improved. And that was thanks to Charity and Mallory Payne. She's the Marketing and Communications Manager for Farming for the Future Foundation, talking about, you know, future possibilities that uh, kids can get into for their careers and It's just always good to keep that farm story going. Well, we better keep our farm story going. We've got a few more chores to do. And then we'll be hearing from Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. Keeping it rural.
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. And uh, we decided yesterday that maybe you were chasing cows. but Oh, yeah. You heard about that, huh? Okay. Yeah. You know, those cows, they just don't always listen to you, do they? Hey, they got a mind of their own. They do what they want. Absolutely. Well, what happened in the market yesterday? Uh, thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell almost 1,100 head of livestock yesterday. Uh, fed cattle traded steady to strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 135 to 144. Select and low choice, 127 to 134. Choice beef steers and heifers, 140 to 154. <clears throat> Market cows steady to strong. High yielding cows from 81 to 94. Most cows traded from 60 to 80. Market bulls high yielding from 85 to 99, lower yielding 84 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday, showing good strength. Uh, high yielding organics from 90 all the way up to $1.22, lower yielding 89 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves, strong market yesterday, most say from 100 to 260 on the Holsteins. Lots and lots of hundreds of Holstein bull calves, over $200 up to 260. Uh, beef calves, 175 to 395 per head. Holstein heifer calves, 20 to 60. Uh, today, Tuesday, we're going to have our special dairy heifer auction. Expecting a really nice run of dairy heifers. Uh, you can still bring heifers to that. Uh, just have them in the sale before 11 o'clock a.m. for preg checks. Uh, we'll sell started calves all the way up to close spring and heifers. Uh, that starts at 11 o'clock a.m. with the dairy heifers and then followed by a very nice run of feeder cattle for today's sale. Then Wednesday, uh, we got our hay auction at 9.30. Big hay auction. Lots of hay, lots of bedding. And then 11 o'clock a.m. dairy cattle. Cattle auction. We have an outstanding run of high-quality dairy cattle for that sale tomorrow. Uh, we have over 125 fresh two-year-olds, uh, including a big load of 25 fancy uh, uh, fresh Jersey crosses, the reputation really fancy kind. If you're looking for them extreme top Jersey crosses, uh, they'll be coming from Kemper Farms. Uh, we get many very elite groups of registered cows. Some just recently consigned. There's some nice red Holsteins in there. Going to be more information on the website on those uh, today. Uh, like I said, very impressive run of dairy cattle. Extremely good quality. Uh, this uh, week, uh, like I said, if you want to see the full listing for those individual consignments, check that out on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Don't forget, if you can't make the sale, we do order buying, and there is online bidding through Cattle USA. So details, uh, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, machinery auctions coming up here March 24th. If you do call us uh, early and you get your consignments in, early. Uh, those larger uh, machinery items will have uh, qualify for a special uh, commission discount. Uh, if you do consign early, call us ahead. So any questions, give us a call anytime. We're glad to hear from you. We're out in the country looking at livestock every day, and uh, we'd like to do business with you. So that is the, the way it shaped up, Joe. I think I better let you get back to make sure those cows are staying in. What do you think? That, that, that's what I'm going to go do right now. All righty. Well, you have a Thanks. great day. You too. Bye. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We're going to get just a couple of chores done, and then we're going to be hearing from Mike Dandria. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that weather time of the day, brought to us by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Mike Dandria, I see you out on the deck, and you came back in, though, right? I sure did. And, uh, Jill, it's always weather time. 
<laughs> yes, it is. You know, there's there's a thing. I, I talked to my wife about this before uh, where, you know, on like a not so busy weather day, she'll be like, uh, oh, yeah, the weather's not happening today or, or whatever. So you probably won't have a busy day at work. Well, I always say it's not like the weather doesn't happen. It's just quiet. So, like, name me one day where weather didn't happen. Uh, I got nothing for you. Exactly. Ya. So it's it's always weather time, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my. I'm going to die on that hill. But uh, you know what? Today is speaking of weather. We're expecting a mainly cloudy sky, and it'll be rather mild, warming up into the upper 20s and low 30s. And tonight we hold on to some cloud cover, dipping to the low 20s. Now we may have a few stray flurries, just an isolated snow shower potentially. And later on, t- or excuse me, into tomorrow, rather, uh, we'll have a mainly cloudy sky again. Another chance at a very isolated snow shower. Once again, highs into the upper 20s. Thursday, mostly cloudy, highs into the low 20s. So we do cool it off a little bit, but we briefly warm it back up on Friday. But we have a good chance at some snow showers heading our way. And it'll be breezy with those winds out of the south, anywhere from 15 to 25 miles per hour. And that's going to bring down our temperatures. So while we get to a high of the low 30s on Friday... Friday night, we're expecting the lows into the low single digits, still blustery, setting up a much cooler weekend as we get into a shot of that Arctic air, which we haven't had for most of the winter. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, highs into the upper single digits, back below zero for our overnight lows, and well, our high is right around 5 degrees going into Sunday and Monday. Mainly cloudy sky right now with a temperature of 24 degrees in Eau Claire. Well, I guess it can't last forever, right? Nah, I mean, most of January we've been unscathed, but, uh, yeah, I guess we are overdue for those uh, Arctic-like temperatures. Well, my take is as long, if it doesn't last so many days in a row, usually We're, we can hold it together. Right. We'll, uh, we'll just stay tuned on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, won't, I won't hold my breath then. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that was Mike Dandria, our TV from TV13. Our weather today is sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. We're going to get through a few more chores before we hear from Morgan. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we've got Morgan in the house, and she is ready to rock and roll with her weather. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We can start with an update with a sad ending, but the search for a missing Toma woman has come to an end. Sheriff in Monroe County said the remains found last week in a rural part of the county are those of Felicia Juana, also known as Felicia Helgeson. She'd been missing since December. No one's saying yet how she died as that investigation continues. In other headlines, the prosecution has rested in the double murder trial of a former Badger football player. The DA's office in Janesville wrapped up with its witnesses in Marcus Randall-L's murder trial. He is looking at life in prison for the 2020 shooting deaths of two women as the jury heard from a string of witnesses that said Randall L. fled to Chicago after shooting the women. The defense has pointed out there's no DNA evidence in the case. Investigators never found the murder weapon. That trial, that'll resume this morning. Nearer to us when it comes to the courts, an Altoona teen who sped away from police last August with more than a pound of marijuana in his car won't be spending any time behind bars. A judge yesterday uh, sentenced 18-year-old Cesar Cruz Ramirez to two years probation as that sentence came as part of a plea deal that saw 
felony drug charges dropped. Police found a pound and a half of marijuana in his car. A look to public health shows a sign of the times with the last day for COVID testing at CVTC. Eau Claire City County Health Department saying tests will be available until 6 this evening. As we look to the political stage, Wisconsin doctors who want the state Supreme Court to rule in favor of an attorney general's lawsuit to overturn Wisconsin's abortion ban took part in a media call Monday. Dr. Kristen Lyerly here, an OBGYN from Green Bay, is a plaintiff in the lawsuit saying, I don't think that I can offer comprehensive, thoughtful, sensitive care in Wisconsin right now. So I'm doing it. I'm a general OBGYN in Minnesota. And I look forward to the time when I can come back and take care of my fellow Wisconsinites. Lyerly is a member of the Committee to Protect Healthcare's Reproductive Rights Task Force. She was joined on that call by doctors from Milwaukee County in southern Wisconsin. On the political stage, we go behind the podium for Governor Evers. A plan as he lays out the state of the state tonight in his address. Evers is expected to discuss increased funding for local schools, governments in the state as well. And after that, the other side of the aisle gets a chance. Republican leaders at the Capitol will deliver a response as the state of the state begins its seven. And the IRS has officially opened up tax season. Everyone now able to start doing those electronic taxes that was as of yesterday, Monday. IRS spokesman here, Christopher Miller, saying those e-filings, pretty safe and also probably the easiest method. You can do your taxes 24-7 in the comfort of your own home using a smartphone or a tablet or, of course, your computer. Just a reminder, that tax deadline gives you a little wiggle room this year. It's actually April 18th, a few extra days. And if you are filing taxes, maybe you're waiting on those W-2s. In California, they're some of the best-paying jobs in the nation. For some of the highest-paying jobs, try searching the Bay Area. According to U.S. News & World Report's 2023 Jobs Report, San Jose has the most top earners, with 121 job titles that had the highest earning potential in the Bay Area city. Among them are IT managers, web developers, lawyers, and preschool teachers. San Francisco closely follows with 120 top-earning careers, including firefighter and genetic counselor. In Santa Rosa, those in healthcare are the top earners. Sacramento scored highly for healthcare workers, as well as archaeologist, anthropologist, and civil engineer. Top-earning jobs in San Diego include mathematician and podiatrist. Los Angeles is a good place to be an art director or pilot, with both professions earning six figures on average. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. You might not hit the jackpot, but it pays with passion. And if you're headed to do the chores on the farm this morning, we salute and thank you for it. Back to the barn we go with Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I have one more farm news, ag news left for you. The number of cattle going into feedlots in December went down compared to December 2021. Placements into feedlots in December equaled 1.8 million head. That's down 8% from December 2021. On January 1st, 2023, cattle in feedlots numbered 11.7 million head. That's 7% lower than January 2022. The share of heifers in feedlots was 4.7 million head, equal to about 40% of all cattle in the feedlots. And that's an increase of 1%. But the long-lasting effects of the increase of heifers in the feedlots will be felt for years to come because they're not producing calves needed to increase or at least maintain the beef herd and the beef supplies needed to feed people. In other words, cattle numbers are expected to keep going down, causing cattle prices to continue to increase. And we're going to take a little look at some 
events happening around the area. Well, not this one isn't around the area. This one's in Madison. But it's the 2023 Wisconsin Agricultural Outlook Forum. And the theme is Climate Smart Dairy in Wisconsin. It's set for today at the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. It's an in-person event, and it runs from 9.30 till 4 o'clock today. And there's also Cultivating Your Farm's Future, Planning for Your Farm's Succession. And that's a series that is put together. And uh, it's Series 1 starts today. It's And then it is uh, the 24th, and then it's on the 31st and February 7th. And it's noon to one thirty, and you need to have registered beforehand, but you can check that out. Um, I don't even... Oh, it's, it's a part of Extension Service. So that is a series. And there's the Tour de Forge set for January 24th to 26th. And on Tuesday today, it's in Floodwood, Minnesota at the Advent Center. On Wednesday, tomorrow, it's at Royalton, Minnesota at the American Legion. And Thursday, it's at Rochester, Minnesota at the Eagles Club. And on the 26th, there's Session 2 from sponsored by Agronomy in Action, sponsored by Golden Harvest. And it's session two is what's in your seed. Better understanding of the benefits of specific seed treatment and active ingredients. And it's Tuesdays. Oh, excuse me. That's Thursday from 8 a.m. till 9 a.m. And it's a session. It's a virtual session. So you need to register for that ahead of time. And in in our area, there's nutrient management workshops. There is one on Wednesday, January 25th. That's tomorrow. That's a special evening workshop from 5 to 8 p.m. And that's nutrient management that's happening at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona. I always call it the Extension Office, but it's the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona. And I had a, kind of a cool media advisory come across the desk and if you're hungry for cream puffs, the Valentine's Cream Puffs return to State Fair Park for a limited time. It's a drive through event with strawberry cream puffs and cocoa cream puffs. That's at the Wisconsin State Fair Park in West Allis. And that's on Saturday, February 11th through Tuesday, February 14th. And on Saturday, the times are 9 a.m. to 6. Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3. Monday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. and Tuesday, February 14th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're in the area or if you're just having a hankering for a cream puffs, there's Valentine's Day cream puffs. And I thought that was kind of kind of an interesting thing coming across. We better get through some more chores and then we'll be going to Sparta. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're at 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. At Wax 104.5, it's 24 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Hot Eman and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 157 to 166. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 146 to 156. The Dairy Cross Steers 130 to 145. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 135 to 143. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 124 to 134 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 123 and down. Cow market steady with the Highland Cow 74 to 84, topping at 89. The Cutters and Utilities 58 to 73 with the low yielding and canner cows 57 and down. 
organic market today with results from the January 23rd sale with most organic cows bringing 105 to 120, topping at 122. The thin and small organic cows 84 to 104 with the organic steers and heifers 117 to 132. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 81 to 91 with the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 80 cents and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from $1 to $1.80. The quality Holstein heifer calves 10 to 60. The quality beef calves 230 to $3.80 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, January 25th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aim at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as we get done with Hot Eman, we are lucky enough to have Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line. Said you were kind of warm and balmy up that way, huh? Good morning to you, Jill. Yeah, we're at 27 degrees, but uh, you were talking to the weather guy before about weather. Well, there's always two aspects to weather, whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, yeah, it just it just keeps happening. We just got to keep forging through it. That's all we can do is talk about forging through. Why don't we uh, recap yesterday's sale here at Stratford? Sounds like a great idea. All right, Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford on the call market yesterday. High-yielding fleshy Holstein cows on yesterday's sale were selling from 74 to 81. Most of the cows at yesterday's auction selling between 57 and 71. Thinner, plainer cows below 55. On the bulls trade, better quality bulls yesterday from 85 to 99. Lighter bulls 84 and below. Pet cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers on yesterday's auction were selling from uh, 126 to 141. Select cattle under finished cattle 122 and below. On the uh, calf market now yesterday, uh, good quality uh, bull calves on a very strong trend. 9,230 pound good quality bull calves selling from 100 to 245. Heifer calves mostly 30 to 70. Good quality beef calves also very strong, 180 up to 380 topped on the black Angus calves. And uh, we are at Tuesday here at uh, Stratford. We got underway this morning at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. Folks, we got a good selection of hay today. Uh, uh, we do have small squares. Uh, we do have a nice consignment of small squares. First crop paid, no rain damage. A lot of round bales today, both first and second crop. So, again, that'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock will be the market auction today. That will start that with the organic market cattle, which we do sell every Tuesday, followed by the conventional market cows at uh, after the organics. Uh, just a reminder, our next feeder sale will be tomorrow here at Stratford. Feeder cattle at 1230 tomorrow afternoon. We've got a nice selection of feeder cattle, a lot of good black Angus cattle consigned, along also some Herefords. And uh, also as part of that sale tomorrow, we do have 25 open Holstein heifers. Uh, they're going to weigh anywhere from about 750 up to 1,000. So, again, uh, all the uh, feeder sale will be tomorrow at 1230. So, Joe, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, recap today's activity. And uh, uh, nothing real serious in the weather, no big storms. But forecast for next week, uh, kind of back to the deep breeze, huh? Yeah, I think we got a little bit spoiled for January, but what I always look at is we're one day closer to spring. Yeah, and you uh, uh, certainly you don't want your calves calving in this real cold weather, so when do you start calving? Pretty soon, huh? Uh, we're slated for closer to the end of February. Oh, okay, so maybe this cold weather will be over with. But, uh, well, the cold weather won't be so bad if we get some sun. 
Well, yeah. Sun always makes things better. Yeah, it does. Jill, you have a nice day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Yep. You take care. Thank you. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We've got to get through a few more chores, and we're going to have one more slot of markets coming up. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's another chunk of our market sponsored by Northside Elevator. March corn is Chicago Board of Trade. March corn is sitting at 668, up two cents. March oats, 370, down a fraction. March soybeans, 1492, up two cents. And soybean meal, $466 a ton, up $4.90 a ton. And March wheat, 822, up three cents. And our country elevator prices, wheat and grain of Chippewa Falls, 613 and 1432 for their soybeans. Connorsville location, 16, six, six, excuse me. Connorsville location, 613 and 1427. And Golden Pump and Arcadia Corn Zet, 643. Baldwin, 621 and 1421. Duran, 617 and 1415. Mondovi, 621 for corn and 1420 for their soybeans. Elmwood, 621 and 1425. Fall Creek, 608 and $14. Osseo, 626 and 1425 for their soybeans. Elk Mound, 617 and 1423. Sparta, 614 and 1414. Ellsworth, 597 for corn and 1371 for soybeans. Northside Elevator, loyal location, 613 for corn and 1421 for soybeans. At the Arcadia location, 632 and 1423. And the bet. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 639 for corn, Stanley, 631, New Richmond, 628. And rolling on over to our dairy markets, barrels of cheese, 167, up 9 cents. 40-pound blocks, 199, up 15 and a half cents. Our gray double-A butter, 228 and a quarter, down 4 cents. Our class 3 milk futures for January, 1948, down a penny. February, up 43 cents. To 1867, March 1828, up 29 cents. April 1858, up 26 cents. And May, up 21 cents to 1885. Those markets are heading upward for the first part of the year and sliding on down later. One last look at our weather. Today, 29 with flurries possible. Tonight, 23. Tomorrow, 28. Chance of snow. Thursday, 23. Friday, 30. Saturday, it's Temperature kind of falls out, high at 12, Sunday 5, Monday 4. And right now here in Eau Claire, we're at 24 degrees and partly partly cloudy on Wax 104.5. We've got one more chore to do, and that's what I have for you for this Tuesday morning for the farm show. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap.